0: Welcome to Lurking in the Fog, a podcast for those who seek to understand the criminals and tyrants that inhabit our world. Each episode, we host a guest who has entered the fog, encountered who and what lurked within, and lived to tell their tale. Our goal is to showcase how crime affects day-to-day operations, From something as simple as accidentally setting up a factory in the wrong neighborhood and having to deal with criminal groups to ensure the safety of employees and cargo, to governments using state actors to pressure, attack, and harm you in order to get their desired bribe or kickback. Crime operates in disguise. Rarely will it show its true colors in plain eyesight. Crime thrives in the gray. In situations where confusion and chaos are the norm, crime is king. As such, it lurks in the fog. I am your host, the Eurasian Eagle Owl, also known as the Tiger Owl. As a global investigator for Owl Consultancy Group, I will be guiding you through the fog and protecting you from what lurks within. Welcome everybody to another episode of Lurking in the Fog. Today's guest, is somebody that has a very unique background, has lived many stories, has seen a lot, and still continues to operate in the fog and trying to identify what lurks within. His name is John Schwartz, he has over three decades of ser- has done over three decades of service to his country. He graduated from West Point University in 1986 and served as a field art- artillery officer until 1995. Jo- John attained the rank of captain and also graduated from the Air Assault Airborne Ranger Courses. After serving in the Army for nine years, John then joined the Federal Bureau of Investigations and served as a Special Agent and Supervisory Special Agent for 24 years from 1996 to 2021. Upon retirement from the FBI, John founded the Center for Combating Elder Financial Abuse, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. On February 8, 2021, the Center was created to help protect the nation's 56 million elders. The mission of the center is the following. Lead the way in protecting the elderly and their families from predators who commit elder financial abuse. The center accomplishes its missions by providing education on how to detect a financial predator that is targeting an elderly person for financial exploitation. John crafts the education based on his experience as a retired law enforcement officer. The center's training teaches the Elderly person, the elderly and their family members to view elder financial abuse through the eyes of the convicted predators. The value of the training is that it can help the elderly and their families develop individual start strategies to harden the target and prevent a financial predator from conducting a successful financial attack. The center reminds the elderly and their families that developing preventive strategies now can help protect an elderly person's life saving in the future, and. With that, John, tell us what took you into the fog in the first place.
1: Hey, well, thank you very much for having me here. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, when I uh, entered into uh, law enforcement uh, back in uh, 1996, I was interested in uh, continuing my service to the country. Uh, but from a different standpoint, through federal uh, law enforcement, and uh, I'm very fortunate to have that have had that opportunity, and I really enjoyed the opportunities that I had. But it was, um, you know, when I you and I spoke uh, briefly, I said "Lurking in the Fog" is a great uh, title for this uh, show because that's exactly what the pre- that's exactly what the perpetrators do. They lurk in the fog, and now I've uh, set up this uh, nonprofit because I see that the financial predators also lurk in the fog and uh, that's, so I've stayed in lurking in the fog uh, for over uh, 24 years now and uh, I guess I haven't had enough yet so I wanna keep working.
0: So why is it that you haven't had enough? Is it because you just really enjoy catching predators or just really getting into that mindset or, or just the ability to help others?
1: Uh, I'd say it's a combination of all three, really. So uh, helping others, uh, I realized that uh, I started looking at our nation's fight against elder financial abuse back in uh, approximately uh, 2012 and realized that uh, I could create a a nonprofit that could fill some gaps in that uh, fight against uh, our nation's, uh, against uh, elder financial abuse. I also realized that uh, this nonprofit could serve our nation's $56 elders and their uh, families, and that really excited me. I mean, I realized I had an opportunity to provide a little bit of education to these uh, families, and that that education would be preventive, preventative, and uh, I don't know how many I'm actually helping or not, but I can look anyone in the eye and say, my educational process can help 56 million elders and that number just blows me away and it excites me. So that's why I'm doing it. And then finally, the, you know, as I started looking at the financial predators who prey on the elderly, I found it absolutely uh, interesting. Uh, One predator that I found uh, that's convicted, he pled guilty uh, August of last year, his name's Scott Cohen. He stole 300 million dollars and targeted 13,000 veterans. So there's a lot of questions to that, and specifically, why 300 million? Dude, why didn't you stop at 50 million, 100 million, 200 million? But that question in and of itself is fascinating to me. Why did this financial predator need to continue preying on the elderly and stealing their entire life savings after he surpassed the $100 million mark?
0: So so before we, we dissect Scott Cohen a bit, I'm curious, because the elderly financial abuse is something that you started post-FBI, but you talk about financial predators. Are there similarities between the kinds of predators that you have seen in your career or do you think that every predator has a different typology and are just worlds apart and everybody does their own thing?
1: Yeah. So I look at uh, predator. You know, obviously I'm looking at uh, financial predators, but I compare them to both uh, homicidal predators as well as sexual predators. And in doing so, what I've realized that each three of each of those categories of predators has one main uh, goal, and that goal is to gain control. Of their victims. And they do that by avoiding detection. Now, this sounds very simple, very basic, but when you apply that to a predator like Scott Cohen, he was able to avoid detection while he's targeting 13,000 uh, veterans and was so, so successful at uh, avoiding detection that he was able to steal $300 million. So that's what I look at. But yeah, these predators, they all operate the same way, basically. They're there to uh, avoid detection. Uh, there's a couple of different methods to uh, uh, do that. And then uh, finally gain control. And uh, what I'm seeing in uh, elder financial abuse, but also in others, is uh, you can gain control through emotions. Whether uh, you can uh, scare individuals, uh, in such case, uh, these uh, IRS uh schemes against the elderly or better yet the uh, grandparent schemes where the uh, predator calls the uh, elderly person and states that uh, their grandchild has uh, been in a car wreck and uh, they're they're negligent and uh, they need to send ten thousand dollars immediately so they're acting out of a demotion of fear and uh, through that fear the predator has now gained control of that uh, victim And uh, that uh, victim will uh, nine times out of 10, well, very often send that $10,000. Another way to uh, gain control over a victim uh, as a predator is uh, through the emotion of uh, joy. Uh, And that's the uh, sweepstakes scheme. Uh, You call somebody, you tell them that they've uh, won a million dollars and, you know, they're excited. But, hey, we got to move fast on this. Uh, You know, there's a few... uh, processing fees that uh, we need to uh, get you past, And uh, I'm here to help you get through those. And, uh, hey, let's get this million dollars into you. So, again, it's the emotions that enable individuals to gain control of these victims.
0: So what, in your experience, what makes a successful predator versus a weak predator?
1: You know, that's an excellent uh, question, because what I say is I study the most successful and the least successful. And uh, what it is, it basically is experience, uh, intelligence, and then finally, uh, just uh, common sense.
0: So. Experience, intelligence and common sense. Care to elaborate a bit on it, so why why does experience matter
1: because what i'm seeing uh, with these uh, financial predators is my most successful predators are actually over the age of 65 Uh, scott cohen was age 68 when he uh pled guilty but i have another uh, predator doc gallagher out of dallas who uh, was successful at stealing 32 million dollars uh from the elderly and he hid in plain sight on christian radio in the uh, uh as a uh as a money advisor and they both conducted uh, ponzi schemes but doc gallagher at the age of sentence he was 80 years old when he was uh, sentenced back in uh, a couple years ago so i'm seeing that these most successful predators aren't uh, aren't uh, brand new at the game this is compare this to another predator and i saw this on abc uh, news a couple of years ago uh, i believe the individual but wasn't by name of uh, joshua gomez but he uh, he targeted an uh, elderly lady living on long island for the grandparent scheme well the uh, elderly uh, woman uh, used to be uh, was a retired 911 operator and uh, the predator said, yeah, you know, your granddaughter's been uh, in a, a car wreck. And uh, if I get their story straight, she only had grandsons that were had a driver's license. So she immediately detected this individual as a, a financial predator. And then she immediately turned the tables on him, and she became the predator. And she lured him into the uh, kill zone, so to speak. And he did not recognize this was happening. The predator then asked her, "Hey, need you to Venmo us $8,000?" And she played along beautiful, beautifully. She said, "Oh my gosh! First of all, don't tell your mother; she'll be upset. Listen, I don't have a Venmo account, but if you come to my house, I can. I have $8,000 here at the house. I'll hand you the money uh, to you." And uh, the uh, predator fell for that. So now. Instead of him being the predator who thinks he's in control, it's actually uh, and her name was Grandma Jean, by the way. Grandma Jean is now in control. So she hung up, called the uh, police. The police came over, hid behind her uh, front door, hid behind her in her house behind the front door. And the uh, uh, doorbell camera shows the uh, financial predator come walking up. And uh, they exchanged envelope very quickly. And then he turns around, starts walking off. He thinks he's a predator in control. And uh, as soon as he takes two steps, the police come rushing out and grab him.
0: That's an amazing story. And that's a great way of flipping it on the predator. Now, you also mentioned intelligence. So how does intelligence come into play?
1: uh it's you know go, let's go back to joshua gomez i mean right i mean he didn't detect that this was going to be a problem that uh oh come to your house and you'll give me eight thousand dollars he should have seen that uh, right off the bat but it is it's just uh intelligence 101 i mean uh, throughout all crimes we you know i'm sure your audience has heard of uh Uh, Brilliant crimes being uh, committed by uh, very intelligent uh, people and then just uh, bonehead uh, crimes that uh, never had a chance. And I'll I'll also bring this into it. Uh, You look at Bernie Madoff and uh, how much he was able to steal, uh, I believe, $60 billion through his Ponzi scheme. Bernie Madoff was a very intelligent individual as well. And uh, I think that intelligence played into a huge part into his ability to steal $60 billion, which is amazing.
0: That uh, yeah, it's it's very interesting because Bernie had a charm. Bernie was very smart, and he made promises that were not real, that in reality, you couldn't steal. like you could you you couldn't deliver on them. So it just surprises me that so many people fell. For Bernie Madoff scheme as well as like other schemes, like usually Ponzi's are too good to be true. Um, but somehow people fall for it. And and it's this desperation, this need for, for stability, for having a guaranteed future. And nothing is ever guaranteed. The only thing that you can guarantee is the work you put into something and the hard work and, and knowing the fact that hard work is going to pay off um the last thing that you said that makes a successful predator is common sense could you elaborate on that one
1: yeah absolutely so uh through my time uh through both uh, the military and the fbi i mean right i mean common sense uh rules the day uh you know you Individuals that have the common sense to go through a decision tree and uh, decide, you know, do you know left versus right, up versus down, and be able to conduct an analysis on that and say, no, clearly uh, I need to go left instead of right. You know, just like uh, do I go up to the front porch or, or or not? Because I'm exposing myself right now. You know, that financial predator talking to Grandma Jean, he wasn't exposed. He was on the telephone. You know he's relatively safe, but he didn't realize the danger he was putting himself in. It's just basic common sense. It's it's survival 101, really. I mean, uh, the common sense, you know, the common sense factor. Whether uh, you're um, you see a thunderstorm coming and uh, you're on a golf course, and well, you only have two more holes to play, you know, and now you have a really good score, but. Hey, this thunderstorm's coming in here, wide open, right? That decision type, that type of decision.
0: It also requires quick thinking and adaptability to be a true predator, because you can't get stuck doing the same thing over and over again. People are going to catch you, so you need to adapt when there's holes and. In in what you're proposing, or people start questioning, you need to be able to fill that gap. Something that makes it seem as airtight and solid as possible. And I guess, do you have an answer to this question? But why is it that, particularly elder financial abuse, the most successful predators are Ponzi's?
1: Uh, I think because the reason that you touched upon that there are individuals out there and elderly individuals that are that aren't satisfied with uh, where they are financially, that maybe they don't think they have enough uh, life savings. And uh, they're when they hear the individual selling the Ponzi scheme like Doc Gallagher in uh, that he's uh, on Christian radio that they think they found the answer. And uh, for individuals in those desperate financial uh, needs, they're looking for that answer. And as soon as they think they found one, now they're, you know, what, 70, 80% convinced that this is the right thing to do. So that's, I think that's what the Ponzi schemes really, uh, that's why they're so successful is because they they prey on the anxiety of uh, desperate people.
0: Now, let me ask you a question. Is to become a successful predator, right? You need to be able to build trust, but it's not like you wake up one day and you say, "I am a predator." You have to build the skill set. So, in the process of building a, the skill set, there's going to be trial and errors. Is it easy to find those breadcrumbs? Like somebody like Scott Cohen, was there indicators aside the fact that he was running a Ponzi? That maybe should have helped, like that people could have been able to detect or at least question, in some way, shape, or form, or or, or are these guys just that good at hiding it?
1: Well, I think it's a combination of uh, both. So, again, you know, at the onset of uh, this uh, conversation, I said I look at clearly, ah, uh, financial predators, but I compare homicidal predators and uh, sexual predators, and then what the lessons I learned from uh, sexual and homicidal predators, I overlay on onto, the onto, uh, financial predators. So giving that, let's talk about uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Let's take a look at Jeffrey Dahmer. Let's ask the same question. You just asked me about financial predators and overlay that onto Jeffrey Dahmer. Were there indicators in Jeffrey Dahmer's uh, uh, life that uh, would lead you to believe that he was a sociopath that, uh, that could commit uh, crimes? And the answer is yes, there were. There were plenty of uh, red flags. So no, he did not wake up as a uh, predator. Uh, his uh, life uh, just manifested uh, to the point where he, uh, to get that rush as a, a predator Uh, it uh, led him to what he to the uh, murders that he uh, committed. But right. I mean, he didn't develop uh, he didn't develop uh, that uh, those uh, desires overnight and neither do these financial predators.
0: You went dark. Jeffrey Dahmer is dark. Um, But but I agree with you. It's it's an evolution. And if anybody just reads the Jeffrey Dahmer story. What you saw in the news was the sensational flash of, look at the horror, look at the gruesomeness. But if you go into the more psychological aspect of things, it started slowly with baby steps, and there were indicate indicators in his teen years, and even prior to those, that he had that issues were starting to come up, and he if he would have gotten like proper treatment or even been part of a more stable family we Jeffrey Dahmer as we know him would not have existed it would have been a different Jeffrey Dahmer um it's always it's always fascinating um for us like one of the cases that that we tend to work a lot are our embezzlement cases within companies and it's people who are in positions of trust that abuse it and it doesn't begin at first usually they start with a good track record they gain people's trust and slowly they start flipping it and flipping it and when they begin it's very subtle because they're testing the waters now there are some people that since the get-go they start embezzling but that's because they already did it in the past and, and they already know and they get themselves into those positions where they can cash checks. They are in charge of payroll. They are in charge of processing payments. And you sometimes find these stories of um, that ex-vendor or multiple vendors, their bills are going high, higher than normal, but those vendors never really issued an invoice. So you you start asking the question, like, why are you paying X vendor so much when in the past you had always been paying them, I don't know, let's just say $5,000 and now you're paying them $20,000 and it was like a sudden spike and there's no invoice to back it up. Well, turns out that out of those 20, five are legitimate, 15 is a fake expense and when you when you look you sometimes find that either the bank account that's associated for the 15 is the embezzler's or the predator's bank account or sometimes the predator will issue a check and put pay to predator and boom that's how you know the money never went to that vendor so the vendor was never part of it the vendor was legitimate doing business as they should be doing it but you had a predator that was playing the system and knew how to play the system because at the end of the day, a lot of companies operate very similarly. So if you figure how to crack a system, then it's easy to repeat redo.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, that's it, right? Yeah. That's the way it's done.
0: So John, going back to these financial predators, who have been been the weakest and more, most pathetic predators that you've stumbled upon?
1: Uh, this case that I just uh, shared with you, uh, that's probably been the uh, weakest one. Uh, others that I found have been much more successful. I mean, they're able... Right. I mean, uh, Scott Cohen, three hundred million dollars. But I also have found individuals individual that has been able to steal tens of uh, millions and then billions uh, uh, And They are, you know, and I look at their ages and, you know, they're not in their 20s, uh, not like uh, Joshua Gomez. Uh, but there are, I, I think right now, the weakest uh, predators out there right now, I think are probably the uh, money mule. That are going up uh, to the uh, front doors and uh, collecting the uh, payments, and then uh, probably uh, sending it uh, to through a hierarchy, a criminal hierarchy, uh, to the uh, top bosses. But it's the uh, low-level uh, individuals right now that I see as being the uh, weakest individuals. But uh, it's a it's an interesting uh, crime because. There is hierarchy, uh, just like in organized uh, crime, or I, at least I believe there is to be a hierarchy, uh, like organized crime, and uh, that uh, this crime has been around for a very long time, and I don't see it slowing down, especially uh, now with our nation. We have 56 million elders. We're going to be up to 70 million by 2030. In uh, seven uh, short years, we're going to increase 25%. So this uh, crime isn't going to slow down it's only going to increase and these predators they are again they're intelligent they're talented they're motivated and they're preying on our elderly
0: So let's let's talk a little bit about organized crime and and that hierarchy you were talking about So organized crime operates like a business and it's probably the different kinds of organized crime right because it's it's not just saying organized crime like if organized crime has subsections and categories like drug traffickers operate a certain way human traffickers operate a certain way um financial crime criminals operate a certain way terrorists operate a certain way everybody has their nuances but at the end of the day it's a business and it's probably one of the most tightly and best run businesses out there because there's no tolerance for mistakes and it's all heavily based on trust and the supply chain of the operation is pretty pristine. I would say it's, it's one of the most admirable traits that organized crime has and, and and it's fascinating in and of itself. But why do you believe that? Elder financial abusers, these predators, are a form of organized crime.
1: So uh, to answer your question simply, it's my hunch. I'll say that because I have not seen a uh, an organization be convicted that uh, showed the same hierarchy that you would see in, uh, like you said, drug, drug trafficking, uh, uh, human trafficking but that is my hunch. That's one of the theories that I'm most trying to prove is that uh, are there are there operations out there that have figured out that this is a incredible way uh, to uh, finance uh, other crimes? And uh, do they are they taking an organizational approach or is it simply a family matter or a civil matter? And, uh, you know, it's just a a one off. I don't think that's the case. I think uh, Part of what we do here at the Center is research. I think our research is going to uh, get to the point where it uh, shows that uh, it is an organized uh, system. Uh, I'll tell your audiences, there's a movie that came out last year on Netflix. It's called I Care A Lot, and it's about the uh, fraudulent guardian that's loosely based off of a, a real story of a fraudulent guardian out of Nevada, April Parks. But in the movie, it depicts a hierarchy to where uh, they're working with the assisted living homes and uh, they're finding the most vulnerable that uh, they can uh, gain control of through a guardian court and then uh, place them in these uh, uh, assisted living homes against their will so the movie suggests that it worked in as a hierarchy of sorts just like uh, organized crime and that's kind of what I'm pursuing you know am i going to find that to that to be the case or not so more to come on that, uh, but that's that's an, an interesting premise that I'm uh, working on.
0: Oh, definitely keep us posted, and if and if you find the answer, you're coming back on the show. Um, awesome. I'm not get I'm not giving you an option on that one. Um, now, have you ever seen a and like one of these homes be in on it for like an, like an elder abuse situation? Or is it just individual, like, caretakers that you've seen? Is I think you hear more the individual caretaker taking advantage than the home being associated, but I want to put it past them.
1: Okay, so, yeah, this is a really interesting question uh, that uh, you've asked. So, what, what I can do is uh, I'm looking up a, a case that uh, we recently found of an individual being convicted. So I've pulled up uh, the uh, DOJ Department of Justice uh, press release uh, dated October 3rd, 2019. So fairly recent. Uh, the title of it is Former Assisted Living Facility Employee Accused of Embezzling from Assisted uh, uh, Living uh, uh, Residents," And it talks about uh, Miss Lisa talton wells Dowerty, age 52. She was a unit coordinator at the Oak Landing Assisted uh, Living Facility in Alabama. And uh, let me uh, go a little bit further into my research here. Yeah, so we, that came on our radar in 2019. We found out through an article dated May 8th, 2023, 20, uh, that this individual uh, Built an el- elderly patient out of ten million dollars to buy beach house, cars, and eighty-six thousand dollars worth of uh, implants. So the article goes a little bit further. Now she's fifty-seven. The article states a fifty-seven-year-old Alabama woman has been convicted of bilking an elderly assisted living resident out of more than ten million dollars. Uh, Lisa Talton. Uh, Wells uh, Daugherty pled guilty to four counts of first degree financial exploitation of an elderly person, which is a class B uh, felony. So, yeah, here's an example of an individual work. So Dowerty worked as a care technician at Oak Landing Assisted Living, where the crimes took place against a resident there. So what what this crime is, this is an insider crime, right? I mean, it doesn't show a hierarchy, uh, but what it does show is that a. individual uh, predator working inside an assisted uh, living uh, facility was able to first of all find the correct target and then groom the uh, target and then successfully uh, steal from that target so that's uh and again that's how the center works right we look at these we look for convicted uh, cases and from these convicted cases uh, that are proven that uh, these individuals are predators then we start looking for the trends and techniques and the tactics and procedures and the trends that uh, uh, these predators are exhibiting
0: but there has still not been a case where the home itself like the assisted living home is part of the scheme is one bad apple within the caretaking system correct yeah. at least so far
1: well he- what I can what I can uh, factually say is we have not found a case that uh, supports that. Okay, so. it
0: it makes sense. I wouldn't be surprised if such a thing does exist, especially given the fact that elder financial abuse is so lucrative. But it would be hard to find and hard to investigate. And when it unravels, I have a feeling it would probably be one of those huge major scandals because it's probably not a isolated incident. But this is speculation at this point.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a, well, it's a very, very good question. It's a very, it, you know, it's a very good question. It's a very legitimate uh, question. Uh, so yeah, I mean, time will tell. Uh, we'll, we'll wait and see, you know, we may never uh, see that this is ever uh um, uh, occurred and hopefully we we find out that it's never occurred and then you know i can uh, say that uh, there's a lot of assisted living uh, facilities out there that have that do a great job they vet their employees and uh, that these employees are there for the right reason doing a great job so hey until uh, we find a uh, if there is a, a bad apple uh, hats off to the assisted living uh, organizations that are caring for the elderly because some some are doing some great great work
0: absolutely and why is it that elder financial abuse is so attractive to criminals
1: uh, well i'll go to yet another uh, case so this is a case um and this is a, a very very tough case but uh, this person was uh, uh sentenced uh, just uh, this year uh but her name is uh Peaches uh, Sturgio, and uh, she was out of Florida. And as I'm looking her up, uh, the reason I want to uh, bring her up is because she texted uh, one of her uh, friends, I believe her uh, boyfriend, and she basically explained why she she committed her crime. So uh, I'm going to uh, find this uh, for us and uh, read uh, what I am. what I'm uh, recalling uh, right now. But I can give you a little bit more backstory. So this is Department of Justice uh, press release. Now, this is dated uh, July 27, 2023. So, right, less than a month old. And the press release starts off, Florida woman sentenced to 51 months in prison for defrauding a Holocaust survivor of $2.8 million in connection with a romance uh, scam. So let me uh, read a little bit uh, further in this that uh, the uh, U.S. the U.S. attorney, uh, Mr. Williams, said, Peach Sturgio callously defrauded an 87-year-old Holocaust survivor who was simply looking for companionship. She used the millions of dollars in fraud proceeds to live a life of luxury at the victim's ex- expense. Uh, so that's the attorney. But uh, in this uh, press release, it uh, goes a little bit further. Uh, and... I'm going to find this uh, for us because this really shows you know, why the uh, predators uh, do what they do, and I, I think that this is uh, that this is very telling. So it, the paragraph says Sturjo uh, called defrauding the victim her business, and I'm reading a verbatim from the uh, DOJ press release. Once Sturjo told her real significant other that the victim said that he loved her. Sturjo thought her. Her successful manipulation of victim's emotions was humorous, followed up by the message with LOL. She also joked in the text message that the victim was broke, that he didn't have anything else to pawn. But when the scam was over, when the victim no longer sending Sturjo money, she was upset, not because she felt bad for the victim or had a sense of remorse, but because she was unwilling to earn money through legitimate employment. She she preferred to be a fraudster. As she said in a text message, I am just aggravated, hurt, frustrated that I haven't made money. I don't want to work. it It's too hard. So how's that for an answer?
0: In other words, I want the easy way out. And the easy way out is to scheme and sneak my way into it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if uh, the victim is a 87 year old Holocaust victim or not. This victim is an easy target. Uh, He has two point eight million dollars and she wants every bit of that two point eight million dollars. I mean, that's Predator 101. Right. Why does she steal two point eight million dollars? Because that's how much is available it kind of goes back to scott cohen why do you steal 300 million dollars for it? because he can so that's some insight as to yeah, how these predators uh, think but this was so happening.
0: so after stealing 2.8 million dollars you get upset because you can't get any more money and you have to find a real job because 2.8 million dollars is not enough for you to live is that what you're saying john
1: uh, yeah according to this uh, doj press release uh, dated on july 27th 2023 i mean that's verbatim it's
0: that so it's it, it's horrible it's sad and it's also ridiculous
1: oh absolutely but it's also in my mind uh, you know for the majority of us that you know, work hard, uh, enjoy working, uh, get fulfillment out of uh, working, you know, it's difficult to comprehend how this person can't find uh, anything to do in this world that uh, it requires the God-given gifts and talents that she was given, you know, that that's where the fulfillment of work has come from me, and I'm sure for a majority of people, and, you know, instead she chooses to do this, so that's that's why I, I enjoy looking at the crime of elder financial abuse because you find this time and time again that this is the motivation of these uh, predators and they don't care they don't care again let's go back to scott cohen 300 million dollars do you know how much financial devastation that is across how many uh, individuals i mean it's horrible and then uh Let's uh, take it a step further. How many of these individuals that have uh, that were uh, victims of uh, Scott Cohen uh, realize that uh, they've lost their life savings, and now this takes them to uh, dark areas of uh, depression, and maybe even uh, contemplating uh, t- taking their lives? Right? I mean, this is a horrible crime, and you know it has to be stopped. You know that's why the center's here. That's why we're the gap that we're trying to uh, stop here. But yeah, it goes back to initial questions. Why am I still uh, lurking in the fog? Because these predators are out here, they'll take your life savings, they don't care. And then then in some cases, it's gonna take these victims at very, very uh, low places, uh, very low levels of uh, depression. And now they're uh, considering uh, ideas of hurting themselves. To me, that's absolutely tragic. And I think we can uh, help uh, protect them a little bit better
0: completely agreed with you i i think sometimes we we forget the humanity side of things we we hear these stories and it's oh how awful how unfortunate but it's something that could happen to you it's something that could happen to your grandparents and the last thing you want is to see your grandparents suffering because they fell for a trap that they should have never even fallen in for in the first place and now all of their life savings is gone. Like forget the fact about whether you're going to get an inheritance or not, because that's how some people even think it's your grandparents worked all their life. They should be able to enjoy and retire and they can't. Oh, no, so,
1: no, no. That, I mean that, 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 that options uh, wiped off, uh, wiped off uh, the uh, table as a uh, option for them to, live their remaining years because somebody like Peaches Sturjo simply doesn't want to work because it's too hard. But let me also touch on the point of uh, who it can happen to. Uh, The uh, late uh, actor Mickey uh, Rooney has testified before the Senate Aging Committee back in 2011. He was a victim of uh, elder abuse to include elder financial abuse. And this is exactly what he said to the Senate Aging. Well, this is Almost verbatim, I don't have it uh, written in front of me, but he basically said, if it can happen to me, Mickey Rooney, it can happen to anybody. And I use that in my presentation because that's because he's exactly right. This crime can happen to anybody. And then uh, to further this point, just last week. um, NBC News did a story on uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein of California. And the uh, title of that uh, headline is, Senator Diane Feinstein claims elder financial abuse in lawsuit over husband's estate. Now in the article, it doesn't show that uh, somebody w- was guilty or found uh, negligent. Uh, it, it still uh, remains to be seen. But uh, the fact that there's a headline saying, Senator Diane Feinstein, I think reiterates uh, Mickey Rooney's point that it can happen to anybody. So that's one of our main messages uh, to uh, to individual to our nation's 56 million elders that uh, it truly can happen to anybody and you can lose your life savings in a matter of a week depending on the talents of the the uh, predators. And then finally also let me uh, tell you what I share with the audience is I call this a low probability, high impact crime, meaning that this isn't going to happen to a lot of people. It's because it's simply not it's actually a low percentage of elders will ever experience this. But the ones that do will be absolutely it will have a high, a large impact. Uh, they'll lose a majority. Uh, they'll lose a large portion of their life savings, if not all their life savings. So let me just reiterate, what I just provided was a fairly long answer, but uh, what I want to reiterate is that I can consider elder financial abuse to, first of all, any one of our nation's 56 million elders can be a victim of it at any time. And secondly, I consider this to be a low probability, high impact crime, but that's how I categorize uh, this crime.
0: Last question for you, John. What would be the best way for somebody to prepare and try to prevent, like try not to be a victim, try not to fall for the trap?
1: Okay, great question. So I'm I'm glad you answered or you asked this question because uh, I have a couple of ideas. So the whole center is uh, set up to look at the crime through the eyes of the predator. So now this is what I need, 56 million elders and their trusted and responsible family members to do. I need them to conduct an assessment on that elderly person in the same manner that a financial predator would. What a financial predator is going to look at is uh, the age of the person, and then also can they isolate that person? So if there's a uh, if there's an elderly couple who's uh, age 65, uh, they're both still living. They they play golf a couple of times a week. They go to church. They have kids uh, close by. It's going to be tough for a financial predator to uh, isolate them, right? But now, so conduct that assessment for the next uh, 10 years, and now. You're, we're at age 75. Well, now one of the elders has has uh, passed away. So the remaining elder now is 10 years older, alone. Now the kids aren't living uh, close by. He's not playing golf uh, a couple times a week. He's not going to church. Now the predator sees that as a much viable target because now he can isolate. So that's what I suggest uh, is a conduct assessment because that's exactly what the predators do. Another couple of things I want to share. We've all heard it before but it needs to be reiterated. Do not click on links in emails and text. Do not do it. It does not matter who sent it to you or um, or how much uh, you trust it. Uh, please don't do that. Also with these uh, with our smartphones that uh, most of us have uh, today, you know, we've had the same number now for a few years. What I would suggest the elderly and the trusted and responsible family members do is consider getting a second telephone number and uh, applying that to the same phone, tele, uh, physical telephone that you have. And in doing so, share that number only with uh, a trusted uh, network so that now when the elderly gets a phone, uh, if you need to reach out to the elderly person, uh, reach out through that trusted uh, number. And now they know that's safe to answer because right now that uh, this uh, cell phone—that's a, a great attack vector for these predators. So you're eliminating that attack vector by getting an additional uh, telephone number. And then finally, what I'll say—some of what uh, these uh, predators uh, will do—is uh, they'll do a tech support scheme, and uh, they'll be able to gain access of uh, the elder's uh, computer and say, "Listen, you know, we're looking at uh, your computer, uh, you know, and we're uh, we're as." We're a computer uh, soft, uh, protection software uh, company. We can see that uh, multiple threats are hitting your computer right now. So we need to act urgently. Uh, so what we need you to do first and foremost is uh, we need to uh, ensure that it's you. So please pull out your driver's license and hold it up to the uh, camera so that we can verify you. Never, 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 never do that because that's the attack. Once they have your uh, identifying information, they have you. So please don't do that. And then finally, the most important thing I have to say is uh, uh, if if an elderly person has a new uh, relationship, uh, especially in romance schemes or these Ponzi's investment schemes, and now they have a new financial advisor, slow down the relationships because that's exactly what these predators will uh, uh, prey upon is uh, the speed. Speed uh, causes confusion, causes fear, and will make you uh make him uh, will cause you to make a mistake and that's uh done by design so slow down uh new relationships if uh, an individual had some met uh, somebody online and met a, and now has a uh, connection with that person you know they hey a budding friendship ask that person to do a, a video uh, call uh, with, so that you can see the person don't do don't do these romance these romance schemes uh prey upon individuals only through emails text uh phone calls but you'll never see them and then if uh they do agree to uh do a, a zoom a, a video call have a trusted responsible friend with you so that uh, you can do these initial calls and hey if it turns out that it's uh, legit you know slow it down uh, meet uh, for lunch or coffee uh, once uh, have a chaperone come with you uh to uh check out the person initially if they're legit they won't uh, mind they'll they'll understand and then now the chaperone uh, goes and disappears for an hour while uh, you're sitting and talk to the person that uh, you've uh, met and uh, in that case uh, now you can feel a little bit more comfortable about the uh, relationship but those are some of the ideas that i have and what i wanted to share so we got
0: to go back to the good old days
1: well, you do. You re, you really, really do. I mean, right in today's world, in 2023, with advancement of technology, everything's uh, faster and more convenient. Uh, that doesn't play very well. in. Uh, that plays very, very well for uh, predators uh, in elder financial abuse. They love to uh, speed things up. Okay. And it works to their advantage. So, yeah, slow it down. Let's go back to the old days.
0: Thank you for... All of that advice, the tips, the insights. John, I think this was such a fascinating conversation. And we're definitely going to have you again another time when one you discover some grand scheme. Or just to share more details about these cases because they're fascinating. And what you're showing just goes to prove there's more in the fog. It's not just one kind of criminal. Crime takes multiple shapes and forms, and it's all about opportunity. And at the end of the day, these are people that just have no conscience, who just don't care. And it could be an elder abuse. It could be a company. It could be a single mom. Anybody could fall for it. And what you just shared is... Very fascinating and just very insightful. So thank you, John. And before we leave, like, what's the best way for if anybody wants to get a hold of you, get in contact with you, ask any questions, um, even ask for training from you?
1: Yeah, that'd be great. So uh, our website is uh, endefa.org. I'll spell it. It's E-N-D-E-F-A dot org. Uh, again, endefa.org. So you can contact me. Uh, please uh, contact me. I'd love to uh, set up a training for uh, individuals. Uh, we do uh, charge fees. Uh, we can uh, talk about uh, that. We are a veteran-operated uh, nonprofit, and uh, we're trying to grow our uh, nonprofit. So any donations we receive are greatly appreciated.
0: Thank you so much, John, for being on the podcast and. Well everybody. Thank you for joining us again on this last episode. And remember, if you're thinking of entering the fog, don't hesitate to shoot as a hoot. Should you ever be faced with a situation in which you need any form of investigative assistance or suspect there may be some illicit actors or activity at play, don't hesitate to shoot as a hoot. Owl Consultancy Group is a global corporate investigative firm dedicated to uncovering the facts, exposing evil, and diving deep. We provide the actionable intelligence you need to make the best decisions possible. Disclaimer. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the guest speaker's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of Owl Consultancy Group. The material and information presented here is for general information purposes only. The AWO Consultancy Group name and all forms and abbreviations are the property of its owner and its use does not imply endorsement of or opposition to any specific organization, product, or service.